going to go deep. And I mean deep. And I mean touchdowns! Live from the Horizon Event Center studio, it's time to go deep with your host, Tariq, only on 1350 ESPN. Said I'm going to be a legend soon. I'm a legend now. Go deep. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Go Deep. I'm your host, Tariq. Joined with my producer here, Frenchie. How you doing, big dog? You know, it feels good to be back from vacation, but I'm not ready for the snow. And, you know, we're supposed to get some more this week, and I'm, I am I kind of hate it. I thought we were clear for the next few days, but I just need you to focus on production here. I'm going to turn Frenchie into the best damn producer in this market by summer. Um, FCC, don't catch me on that one. But we got a great show for you, man. It's packed. I got former Seattle Seahawks quarterback and Cyclone legend Seneca Wallace calling in uh, in the second hour. So make sure you stick around for that. Free agent linebacker Najee Good calling in here in about 25 minutes. We're going to talk all things football with him. Did he like the Eagles last play or how they entered the game? He was on the Eagles uh, 2017 Super Bowl drive team. Uh, of course, comedian Dante Powell, D3 and 3 Frenchie premieres. Uh, the segment premieres here in about 30 minutes. And Bank on It with Tavian Banks will return coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. A phone lines to you the last 15 minutes, 10 minutes of each hour. So make sure you stay. 515-244-1350. Get it ready on your phone. 515-244-1350. And don't look now. Little brother Drake is 13 and 0. I think they might be 16 or 14 in the country. I think they're creeping their way up there. So don't say that I told you so. But in a couple weeks, I'm going to be ready to tell you I told you so. Uh, but I do want to talk about Cyclones, man. They beat the Oregon Ducks in a comfortable fashion. It felt great. How do they top this Fiesta Bowl win? Is the college football playoffs a realistic goal for the Cyclones next year? Is that real? Can we say we're going to start as a uh, top 10 team and we can really make the playoffs? That is that our goal? Uh, I'm not quite sure, but I want to talk to an expert, expert, a college football expert, an Iowa, Iowa State expert, and all things sports. He is Matt Baines, Matt Bain with the Des Moines Register and US Today Networks. Matt, how you doing, sir? Good. How you doing, fellas? Doing all right, man. I uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, you you feeling pretty good after the Cyclone win. Are you a Cyclone fan or are you Hawkeye side? I'm neither. So I was born and raised in Southern California. So I'm a San Diego State fan. Ah, the Aztecs. Yes, sir. All right. And how'd you end up in Des Moines? The job. Yeah, you got to follow that money, brother. got to follow that money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you were If you were Matt Campbell or in his camp, are you whispering, hey, Jaguars, maybe, maybe not, but if San Diego calls, you got to take that phone call? Are you, are you thinking that, or are you 100% saying, we got to stick this out, next year we're a playoff team, two years, who knows? Uh, what are you telling your, Matt Campbell, what are you telling yourself if you're him? Yeah, I, I, think, he, I think he sticks around here because uh, there's a chance to get to the college football playoff next year. Um, we'll see if the chatter about him potentially leaving increases if they're able to accomplish that next year. But I think that I, I would be shocked if he leaves after this year, personally. If you were him, would you 100% be sticking around or would you be flirting with the NFL? I'd stay. No doubt about it. You're stay. sticking around? Yeah. Yep. At least for next season. At least. And obviously, you know something I don't know. You know how we look on a recruiting trail for next year. How is Iowa State shaping up as far as uh, new recruits, transfers, anything in the like? So the 21 class is looking pretty good. Um, I, I like what they did in-state. Um, their most recent arrow, the offensive lineman out of Davenport Assumption, um, is, is a really, really big piece. He picked Iowa State over like 36 other offers. He's a 6'7 guy who 
who has a lot of potential, who was picking up offers because of his super high ceiling. So I think he's going to be great. I think my gem of the class is Howard Brown. He's a six foot two, two hundred ninety pound defensive tackle out of Kansas City. Wow. But he played quarterback. No, he played quarterback in high school. Jeez. Um, so he's a six thirty pound quarterback who can run well, who can pass the ball well. Uh, so he's just a super athlete who is who's going to do some things on the interior defensive line. The one thing I like about now is, for once, it seems like we have that depth in many positions. Um, you know, Dick, uh, Purdy sticking around. Do you think it's a realistic goal to say that we should be in the, you know, our goal is to be in the college football playoff next year? Well, I think it's obviously the goal. If, if, if any it's always team been finished, the goal realistic until, you know, about a week ago. Right. Well, if, any, if any team finishes in the top 10 and, and finishes with the type of the Cyclones did and they bring back, you know, I would say a majority of their top talent on both sides of the ball, then yes, I do think that should there is a Heisman candidate in Brock Purdy. There is a huge defensive piece in Mike Rose coming back, the leader of the defense. Um, all the wide receivers are basically coming back. It seems like a majority of the tight ends are, are coming back, or at least Chase Allen is. We'll see what Charlie Kohler does. Uh, yes, I, I, I think that it is a realistic goal for the Cyclones to at least be in the conversation for the college football playoff, which is insane to say, isn't crazy, it? Crazy, crazy. I feel like I'm in a dream right now. Uh, what? Who wins the Cyhawk game next year? I'm putting you on the spot right mm. now. I would say Iowa State. Oh, thank you. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear yeah. that. Frenchie wants to jump in for a second. Hey, Matt. <laughs> so with the bowl win, you know, a, a huge win in the Fiesta Bowl, do you think that maybe puts the Cyclones had a better chance of getting in-state talent Xavier Nwangpot out of Southeast Polk. You know, he's got huge offers from across the country, five-star recruit. Where do you think Iowa State a while back? Well, he's probably, Iowa State's probably in the top half of that top 12. I would say Iowa, Iowa State, Texas um, are kind of schools that are really prioritizing him. Um, but, but I think I'd be surprised if he winds up at Iowa or Iowa State. I think he's going to a powerhouse program outside of the state. That's just my hunch right now. In terms of Iowa State's recruiting effect of the season, um, it can have a lasting effect if this type of success continues. Matt Campbell has done a fantastic job chipping away at the stronghold that Iowa and Kirk Ferentz has over the state, but it, but it's still a significant advantage for the Hawkeyes. I mean, in this 2021 class, Iowa, as much as I like the recruits that Iowa State got in-state in 2021, Iowa dominated. Um, they got most of the best prospects in this state for 2021. And now 2022, it could be a great. It's looking to be very, very strong, like the 2021 class, and we'll see if Iowa State can build off this season. But in order to really, really chip away at that Kirk Ferentz stronghold, uh, there need to be a few more seasons like this for Iowa State. Agree, and you got to win that Cyhawk game. You know, I think mm -hmm. that's the one mm -hmm. thing. I understand that at some point he may leave us, but I need that Cyhawk win before it happens. Um, so I do got to ask. You know, the uh, thing for years in Iowa. And I know you know you said you're not from here originally, but it was the football school. Iowa State was the basketball school. What happened? Because Iowa State's now a top ten football team, and Iowa's you know still mid tier, but Iowa's a top 10 basketball team, and ever since Prome came to town, Iowa State has continued to drop off. But 
What exactly caused these schools to switch, do you think? It's just, it's just the ebbs and flows of talent. Coaches hitting on recruits and missing on others. I mean, credit Prome and his staff because they've hit on a few guys, but they've all left early. Taylor Horton Tucker uh, was a hit. Tyrese Halliburton was a big hit. This team would be different if he was playing this year. Yep, last um, year even when they, you know, a couple players left early last year that didn't get to play. Right, right. So it's... It, but do we give Prome a pass? Because as a Cyclone fan, I love Prome. I love what he did with Hoiberg's players. But I keep thinking that he's only done something with Hoiberg's players. Um, does Pollard stick around before he starts flirting with other possible coaches? Because he's an aggressive coach, and he knows Hilton Coliseum needs to win to stay that strong, to make that money. Yeah. I'd give Prome a couple years because this if you fire a coach based off of what happens this year with a roster that Grandma knew was going to struggle because it's so young and just so freshly put together that I don't think you're giving him a fair shot. Um, I want to see what happens with his talent next year. I want to see uh, what happens with Xavier Foster as a sophomore uh, with a full offseason, a healthy offseason before. Um, I want to see what Darlene Stone Dubar into. I think he's a really good talent. And I want to see what Trey Jackson and Tyler Harris can do with another year under their belt. So I, I would give him at least one or two more years because this season everybody knew it was going to be rough. So I don't think you fire a coach based off of that. Uh, How are you feeling about my now Drake? My new team I inherited. Yeah, no, Drake's legit. 13-0, is that that legit or is that because we're playing the same team twice and it's not a regular season, which I think is hard to play any team um, and still dominate. So I, I start, yeah. I'm starting to feel that, you know, I've whispered the last couple of weeks that 2008 feel. Little brother, you're making some noise, but do we believe you? And back in 2008, I, I feel like we didn't believe it until they beat Big Brother in Iowa State. Iowa State by 40, Iowa by a couple points. Uh, but they're not playing them this year. So how do we rate? How can we tell if Drake is for real? Yeah, so the 11-0 start was great, but, you know, they hadn't played a lot of great competition at that point. Uh, but their past two wins are really, really impressive. They beat Southern Illinois by a combined 49 points over the two games, the two-game series. And this was the best start, the 7-1 and one start that SIU had. I think it was their best start in 81 years. Wow. Uh, they, they beat Butler. Um, they played Richmond really tough. Um, so this was a really good SIU team, and Drake mopped the floor with them. They so, dragged them. <laughs> um, they are a, certainly a legit mid-major team. Uh, Loyola's coming to town this weekend. They're even better than SIU, so this is going to be Drake's toughest two games of the year. Um, so we'll really see what Drake is made of um, with these two games. But they're rising in the rankings. They're getting votes in both the AP and, and coaches' poll. They are at about 60 in the Kempom rankings, um, which I find the most accurate. And then in the NCAAs, they were 16. Um, but those get much more reliable as the season goes on um, because – if you're undefeated, you're going to be really, really highly ranked in that, and it's still early in the season. But but it's awesome for the Drake to be in the top 20 for those fans to look at that, take a screenshot. Yes. And, you know, with the season they're having, to also know that Tucker DeVries is coming to play for his dad next year, how big of a recruiting factor do you think that is moving forward into the 2022 class for Drake? Yeah, I mean, people are going to want to play with Tucker. Um, I, I think Drake has a has a – has a great chance to really capitalize on that and build a strong 2022 class. Um, but the, the, a lot of the best players on this year's team are also coming back next year. Roman Penn and DJ Wilkins 
they're coming back next year. Darnell Brody, he's coming back next year. Um, that are going to be here next year from this year's team. Um, and then you also look at what Drake has been able to do in northwest Indiana, an area called the region. Um, they have carved out a little pipeline there. For those that don't know, that's basically an outlying area of Chicago. Um, they have built a pipeline there, and that's one of the more talented regions in the Midwest. The, the Murphy Twins are both from the region. DJ Wilkins is from the region. Roman Penn is from the region. Shanquan Hemphill, the grad transfer from Green Bay, is from the region. Jonah Jackson, the sharpshooter that they got from the JUCO last year, he's from the region. Um, and they continue to tap into that pipeline over and over again. Um, and, and that's going to build a lot, a lot of strong future. Matt, I know you're uh, probably only 25, so, uh, but I have Seneca Wallace coming on in the second half of the hour or second half of the show. Um, is there any memory you have about when Seneca played for Iowa State? I know you're probably in time or you know, maybe just a baby. Uh, but, zero, my man. Yeah, zero. zero. Okay. Dude. I'm a, I, I was so cow focused on the UCLA USC games and then hoping my Aztecs would, would make some noise. Yeah. What happened to USC this year? I, I thought they were serious and then the Ducks kind of dragged them and I, I just wiped out their whole season, everything that, you know, looked like was potential in a COVID infested season. The, the amount of talent that USC and UCLA get in terms of recruiting compared to the amount of success or, or lack of success is incredible. I, 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 it's unfathomable how much talent USC and UCLA get, and then they can't do jack with it. I, I, both, both teams need new coaches. Yeah, and like I said, it was a weird year. I think uh, you know, with Iowa State winning the – with Iowa State winning the uh, Fiesta Bowl, it was a credit to them, not just and the Big 12, not just for a great season, but a great season against COVID. Big didn't do as well, I don't think. No, uh, no, definitely not. We're going to take a quick break, Matt. I would like you to stick around. I want to talk a little bit of NFL, if that's okay with you. Sure. Awesome. Uh, Matthew Bain, Des Moines Register and USA Today Network. This is Go Deep, your host, Tyreek. We'll be back in a minute. You know, I, I think really the holistic piece is done really from the beginning of the season to the end of the season is um, is really powerful. You know, at a place like Iowa State where there's a lot of things that have never happened before have just occurred. So, um, you know, I, I, I've always said you measure a team by the whole. And I think the whole of what's just occurred is really, really special. That was Iowa State coach Matt Campbell uh, right after the Fiesta game, ball game, uh, Fiesta Bowl win, I should say, courtesy of ESPN Radio Networks. I'm joined here with uh, Matthew Bain from the Des Moines Register. This is Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. Matthew, what is it about uh, Matt Campbell that just, he has that swagger, he has that it factor. I mean, I don't even play football and I would want to play for this guy. What is it about him? To do, I think he's in touch with with today's generation. Um, I think he's young. I think he's got energy. Um, I think he's naturally motivational. I think he's a natural leader. Um, and when you put that all together, um, you, you get a guy who kids want to go play for. What a find by Jamie Pollard. As uh, Sam Summers yeah. mentioned last week, Jamie doesn't get enough, enough credit for what he's done for uh, all of our programs as far as Iowa State's concerned. Um, yeah, no, Matt Campbell was a good find. So uh, we had the Hall of Fame class for the NFL come out. Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, um, Alan Fanica, Rondé Barber, Jared Allen. 
Calvin Johnson, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Um, talent wise, yeah. Numbers, yeah. Did he play long uh, enough? I I think that's where you can have the argument that maybe he didn't play long enough. But if you're looking at if you're looking at the busts of all the best wide receivers in the Hall of Fame, and you think about how talented they are compared to how talented Calvin Johnson is. Yeah, I, I see him making the Hall of Fame. I don't know about first ballot, but I think he's certainly talented enough to be in the Hall of Fame. But yes, I mean, you are you hit the, the nail on the head and that his numbers aren't going to be up there because he didn't play. What did he play, eight, nine years? Eight years, I believe. But, you know, you look back and what other receiver literally had two D-backs line up against him at the line of scrimmage besides on a punt return? You know, some of the things that teams had to do for this guy, it's kind of like Barry Sanders, you know, another Lions player who left before their time, probably the smartest thing they've done, uh, but it's, it's hard to put their numbers into fruition with everyone else's because of the short career span. But, man, what an impact he had on a game where I think he has to be a, a Hall of Famer eventually, but it, it's scary to say when you only play eight years. Yeah, and the crazy thing to me is he played college at Georgia Tech, played at yes. an option school. Yes. Uh, one of the big things for me is that He's one of the few people that was on the Madden cover and didn't suffer from the Madden curse. Yes. The year early. he year he was on the cover <laughs> was the year he put up the 1900 yards and broke the receiving yards record. Man, another five well, guys, another five years for that guy. Ugh. I'm yeah, sorry. Breaking the Madden curse is enough reason to go in the hall on its own. And so, you know, I believe they picked five players. So we got Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson. I believe those are locks for this year. Um, Jared Allen. Rondé Barber, Clay Matthews Jr., which I believe is not the Clay Matthews we think of with the Packers, but his dad for the Browns. Uh, Torrey Holt, John Lynch, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne. Out of those names I mentioned, you know, you only can pick three more. Any of those just pop out as definitely going in this year? Wayne mm-hmm. the name that I remember from my childhood. I agree um, with that. And I think if Peyton Manning goes in and Marvin Hammerson is no longer in company when it comes to the Colts and the NFL, I think Reggie Wayne going in the same year makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, obviously Peyton. Yep. Um, yeah, but, but to be honest, none of those names super stand out to me. But also, I, I've i never been a huge NFL guy following it as a kid. So some of those names might be well-deserving. It's just that they didn't register to me. I think the one that jumps out to me the most, and I was just happy that he made it as a finalist in his first year. Jared Allen is my all-time favorite football player at any level. I met him when I was like eight years old. Chiefs? Yep. That was, it was his second year. Was He's the reason I'm a Chiefs fan originally. And to see him as a finalist with, you know, he was a guy that kind of had his career. He retired, I think, at like 33. And uh, he had just come off that Super Bowl loss with the Panthers and probably had a couple good years left. And his numbers would be a little bit higher up on the list, but I would love to see him get in. I don't think he'll make it first ballot, but see another three, four down the line, I think you're going to see him get enshrined eventually as well. All right, Matthew, uh, I appreciate you being here. This is Matthew Bain with Des Moines Register and USA Today Network. Uh, One question before you get out of here, man. In three years, which team in the state of Iowa is the dominant team when it comes to football and when it comes to basketball? Mm, man. Um, well, the trajectory says Iowa State's getting close to Iowa in terms of football. But the interesting thing is that we're we're talking all about Iowa State this year in football. Iowa had a heck of a season, too. They did. I mean, after, the, after those two losses, those eight straight wins, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find 
a hotter team and perhaps a better playing team in the country than Iowa. The Big Ten just um, couldn't get out of its own way when it came to COVID. You know, I think right, that was a big so. part of it, and Iowa included in that. Uh, but yeah, they had a great run, and they they weren't just barely winning. They had a couple close wins, but they were dominating some teams. Yeah, so I I don't know if there's going to be a dominant football team. Um, right now, it, it seems like Iowa basketball is on a great trajectory, and we'll see what happens. Um, but you know what? I'm just going to say Drake. Drake football. And Drake yeah, there you go. Talk to the break. Big brother or little brother. This is the home of Drake <laughs> Basketball, 1350 ESPN. This is Go Deep, your host, Tyreek. Matthew Bain, I appreciate you being with us. Uh, Des Moines Register, uh, USA Today Network. Um, you have a good good 2021, man. Wild start, uh, but Jeez. nothing we can't handle, right? I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you stay safe out there, sir. You too, guys. Bye-bye. Matthew Bain with the Des Moines Register Network. For a second, I thought Frenchie was sending, sending me the commercial. I'm like, oh, I guess you don't want to do your D3 segment that you're so pumped up about always talking about we don't give enough vision three and i said you know why frenchy because no one cares but he went to wartburg and i agree with him there is a fan base for division three so frenchy's gonna hit you with his d3 and three segment i told him he only has three minutes to talk d3 because that's all it deserves but he's got a great story for you hit it frenchy can't forget the little guys don't forget the little guys it's time for d3 and three with producer frenchy three minutes dedicated to division three sports in the state of iowa we are going to get some. So this week, talking a little bit uh, D3 and 3, we're looking at Lawrence. They have a big matchup this weekend. Iowa State on the docket for them. Iowa State just wrestled another D3 school in Wartburg this past weekend. Loris has been a building program for the last couple of years under head coach JT Miller. And the big thing last year, it broke my heart as a Wartburg alum. They ended a 27-year conference title streak that Warburg had won on 1992. Before I was born, they had won every single title through 2019, and it ended by JT Miller and the Loris Duhawks. The biggest thing, JT Miller was an All-American and national champion, wrestled at Warburg, which was a really big You got a chance to talk to him about, you know, that it felt it was a little weird for him to, you know, be coaching against his former school. He was also, I believe, an assistant coach at Warburg for a while. The biggest connection, though, his dad, Jim Millboy Miller. Any wrestling fans in the state of Iowa probably know who I'm talking about. Was the coach at Warburg who really got that wrestling program going and started the streak back in 1992 and got a feel for Loris. We talked about all the things that have been taken away because of COVID. They had their opportunity at a national championship taken away the first shutdown. The, wow. the, well, the first one of the first things that was canceled by the NCAA was you know March Madness, but everyone didn't think about you know the Division Three basketball got a couple weeks into their tournament at the very least, so teams got to play. Wrestling had it taken away like two days before nationals were supposed to start. They had a couple guys ranked in the top three, the individual natties, and the team one ranked, and it was. Kind of a three-horse race between them, Augsburg, and Wartburg. If who was probably going to win that national title. So they've got a great opportunity to get another good season started. Iowa State starting for them this weekend. I'm excited to watch and just kind of see if that Loris-Wartburg rivalry can turn the uh, um, now American Rivers Conference into a two-horse race moving forward. That was D3-3. and three. Great job, Frenchie. You actually put a little excitement in Division Three. Um, and that was a nice way of saying that Iowa State is going to drag both in, uh, but we hope <laughs> we hope they have a great opportunity. I mean, that was uh, um, I remember that story from last year, Frenchie. So uh, that, that was a good start. 
on the premiere. Thank uh, you. <laughs> still to come, we got former Cyclone quarterback and Seahawks quarterback Seneca Wallace. Frenchie over under Seneca Wallace teams in the NFL. Four is the number I'm setting it at. Did he play for over four, under four, or four teams in the NFL? I'm over four. I'll let you know if you're right. Um, I believe, I guess if we count practice squad, you might be right, but we'll see about that. We'll ask Seneca, see if he knows. Uh, we also got the big O, Dante Powell, comedian, joining us coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. Um, Tavian Banks coming back. We're going to talk to him a little bit about uh, boosters and that trip to Miami for recruiting that he took. Uh, what happened there? It says his first time on a plane, but I'm, I got to think there's his first time for a few other things once he got to Miami, leaving Iowa for the first time. Uh, so he'll be coming up here in the second hour. Coming up right after the break, though, we got NFL linebacker. He's currently a free agent, most recently with the Colts this year. Najee Good. He played for my 2017 world champion Philadelphia Eagles. He'll be joining us right after break. This is Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. You're tuned in to Go Deep 13 ESPN. Welcome back to the program. Your host, Tyreek. This is Go Deep. Shout out to Matthew Bain with the Des Moines Register. Just joined us. USA work. Uh, talked all things recruiting, Iowa State, Iowa, and little brother Drake, 13-0. and 0. Woo! Man, I want to get into the NFL. We have NFL linebacker, um, free agent right now, Najee Good, joining us here in a couple minutes. Um, I want to talk about how, with him, how the Eagles finished the season. Uh, take a li listen to this uh, sound clip real quick, courtesy of ESPN Radio Networks. And uh, let me know what you think. There's a number of sacrifices all players and coaches in this league. There's a number of sacrifices that come along as well with the family members, the people connected to them. To disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win, we will never do that as long as I'm the head coach of the New York Giants. You mad or no? Joe Judge seems a little little perturbed right there. The head coach of the New York Giants, he was refer referencing the uh, Philadelphia Eagles pulling in Sudfield uh, the game. And obviously, as an Eagles fan, it was the last game of the season. I wanted to see us get a win. I know it was the difference between the ninth pick and the sixth pick, uh, but I wanted to see a victory. But that made my loss so much better hearing Joe Judge cry like a little baby and say that he will never uh, disrupt the integrity of the game. If he has a winning season, dominates his division, and it's the last two games of the season, is he not sitting Daniel Jones or whoever his quarterback is at the time? Well, the problem with that statement is that you're assuming that he would have Daniel Jones and be able to dominate a division. Agreed. But, I mean, and as an Eagles fan, if I had the decision to send anyone in my division to the playoff, it wouldn't be the Cowboys. And it wasn't myself. It wouldn't be the Cowboys, the number one. You know, there's hate there. Uh, number two, it's not going to be the Giants in my life I've ever even kind of rooted for the Giants was in the Super Bowl, David Tyree, against the Patriots. And I think that was more hating on Brady than it was rooting for the Giants. But if I had my choice out of all the teams, I would send your Washington football team to the playoffs if I couldn't send myself. So in the end, it worked out. I was mad in the moment, but I felt so much better hearing Joe Judge uh, with that clip. And man, it actually is awesome to see the Washington, of all the teams, in that division, the Eagles were going to get slaughtered no matter who they played because of their quarterback situation, their offensive line, and wide receiver problems this year. The Cowboys didn't deserve it after Dak went down. They were not going to compete. Um, the Giants, I think, are a building team, but they're way too young. But, man, with all the things that Washington went through this year, with Alex Smith come back, Ron Rivera going through cancer treatments. A lot of good stories there. Chase Young on the defensive end. 
uh, Sweat, you know, he unfortunately just got injured, but those two bookends were, you know, they, they're going to have, they're going to give some, some quarterbacks in this division, some fits. And speaking of quarterbacks in the division with fits, they also had to deal with the mind numbing stupidity that is Dwayne Haskins. Well, you know, are you saying stupidity on the field or off the field? Yes. Um, yeah, I know. I know. And I, I can't defend him on either side of the field. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I can blame the outside of the field on him being young, uh, you know, just like every other college student or 25 year old just ready to get out of the house. Um, he's got to know better. You know, you don't you, you either hide the cameras before you walk in, take everyone's phones or you stay your butt home. You know, it's one thing if James Harden does it. It's another thing if the third string backup quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, does it. James Harden's not getting cut. Yeah, well, there's a problem when anyone does it. And the fact that James Harden is allowed to do it and, yeah. you know, Haskins isn't is a problem, too. I mean, no one should be doing it. Or just wear your mask if you're going to do it. So even if they complain about it, you can say, I have a mask on. But Haskins, I mean, he's the least of the storylines in the state of Washington or in the, you know, obviously D.C. in general. Um, you know, what the hell was that dumpster fire yesterday? <laughs> but uh, but the the football team, I mean, ownership, Daniel Snyder, he's got to go, you know. Um, you know, you already know how their corporate world looks. We've seen the cases. We've heard the uh, charges. Uh, you know, Ron Rivera, I respect that guy. He just walks. You know, it, it feels like a guy who walks lightly with a big stick. Um, Pauls, I don't, you know, but it, I feel like they have potential there. Alex Smith is a great story. He's not the answer. They can go out and get a quarterback this year. I think them going to the playoffs kind of hurts them, honestly. Uh, but I would love to see Chase Young try to chase down Brady because Brady's not going to move, so he gets around to him. He's going to get a hit on him or two. Uh, but I think Brady handles that game lightly. You know, it, it should be a blowout. It should be. You never know what will happen. You know, we did see Washington take down Pittsburgh. Um, going back, We to saw Dwayne, a lot of people take down Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, but going back to Dwayne Haskins, I think I was, I think it was Field Yates when I was listening to ESPN Radio last week that had a great quote. At, it was right after that Haskins got cut of basically saying, you're putting not just yourself at jeopardy. You know, your own personal health is your own thing. But you are putting the health of your entire team. You are putting the season with everything your team has sacrificed. You know, kind of doing what Joe Judd said, but actually, you know, putting everything at risk that your team has sacrificed for. And your coach literally is a cancer survivor this year, and you're putting him who is at the highest risk point for contracting coronavirus and dying from it, you're putting his health at risk and everything that everyone has sacrificed for and worked for this season. Yeah, he's 23, 24, 25. He doesn't care about that, you know. And uh, He'll I guess, care when he doesn't get any more paychecks. Yeah, well, he he's not, and I don't know where he's going to get picked up as a backup quarterback, you know, in a, in a world where if Cam Newton will have a job next year, it's hard to say that Dwayne Haskins will have a, a, a paying job next year in the NFL National Football League. But... What I will not do today is spend more than five minutes on Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back to Joe Judge, um, I just love how he just, you know, it's one of those participation tro trophies. Work for what you want. You want to be in the playoffs? Don't count on your rival to make that happen for you. You know, this is all the more reason why we put in a backup to hear these type of clips. I mean, what, what is going on? Is, is it really? And I, I understand for the league, it doesn't look bad, especially being the last game of the season. They moved it to Sunday night football. Uh, but it was still a somewhat competitive game. It was a close game. Did we really do that much harm to the NFL? No, because the NFC East champion is going to get killed in the first round no matter what. And the NFL, I think, is better off having Washington 
in the postseason, as weird as that is sounding. Uh, well, young defense, you know, fiery team, uh, a lot of storylines there. Alex Smith, the, na- the name yeah. change. That's, um, th- that's what I'm saying is they're better off because of stuff like that. Yeah, and and they're hosting this game this weekend. You know, uh, one of the flaws in, in the NFL playoff system is the winner of division gets to host the game. So they're hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of unrest. So I think there's a lot of storylines there. I think the, the start of the game is going to be quite emotional. Uh, depending on how the rest of the week pans out. I mean, mind you, we we finally made it to Thursday. It's been, you know, New Year's was six, seven days away, and it felt like it was three weeks ago when the Iowa State won the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's a lot going on. I think it's going to be a lot of storylines there. So I'm excited for the playoffs. I still kind of see Buffalo making a run. I still kind of see Packers continuing to, continuing to do what they've been doing all season, really. I, I uh, You know, I know Aaron Rodgers is going to end up with MVP. But I think there's got to be more to this. I think we got to go back to the draft and what the Packers did in that first round, how they didn't get him any weapons and how they got his his replacement. And for him to still per- persevere, whether it was a chip on his shoulder or not, he still did it. He could have crumbled in this moment. And so I don't always give respect to Aaron Rodgers because he, he he's cocky. He knows he's got it. Uh, but I do respect the the, the gunslinger mentality. mentality. I, I respect the edge. I respect the Dan and Kirkpatrick move. I would have did the same. Uh, and I probably would have bailed when they bailed too. Uh, but, uh, you know, MVP, comeback player, Aaron Rodgers, is he getting enough respect right now? Uh, well, Rodgers is going to win MVP, and deservedly so. And, you know, I think even if Mahomes plays that final week and throws for fun, I think Rodgers gets it. He's done more with less. Yes, he has Devontae Adams, but has been hurt all year, and their back and running backs have not lived up to their potential. He's been, you know, throwing it to a who's who but more not like a good who's who is like who's that who's yeah. that um you know i love alan lazard he's close yeah. to my heart and as they, and uh, they got some you know some of these receivers were um you know high draft picks the last few years they may not have been the best draft picks yeah uh but you do have possibly the best receiver in the game Devontae adams who you know he's had a couple games out but he's had a magnificent season yeah you know but i think with the season that he's had and to me the packers are arguably the most complete team in the NFC because they've got a powerhouse quarterback. If age, if Aaron Jones is good to go, they've got a star running back. They've got a number one receiver. They've got a pair of really good developing tight ends um, with their young guys. They've got a decent offensive line. If the the Smith boys are getting after it defensively, um, they've got Jarek Alexander in the secondary. If Josh Jackson ever becomes what he was, then that's going to be a dangerous pairing at corner. But yeah. I just look the rest of the NFC – yeah, they're, the Seahawks defense has been playing better lately. Yeah, no, Se- Seahawks ain't it. I, I feel like the Rams might drag the Seahawks, you know. I don't know because, um, God, who's their quarterback? For Jared Goff. Yeah, Jared Goff. Off. He's got a broken hand. Broken th- they may still be starting the guy on page still active a couple hey, weeks ago. But, they're, you know, McVay is supposed to be an offensive court, uh, genius, so they'll yep. figure it out. You know, Shanahan has done it with, you know, and I mean Junior, has done it with, you know, Garoppolo. Making yeah, it to Super Bowl, but the so. Rams lost to the Jets. Yes, I, <laughs> and uh, I don't know what happened there. You know, I made good money this past weekend knowing that Panthers by three points to the Jets, and they won that game. Uh, Jets, I think, just kind of had a little boost and said, "Not today, Satan," for two games. Uh, but and they, I think they they knew it wasn't going to hurt their draft pick by much. <laughs> so they go get an offensive lineman. Um, their quarterback could be good. Darnold could be decent. He just need I, you know I have no faith in Adam Gase, so I'm glad here. I'm just I'm terrified for whoever whoever takes that job. You know, it's a, it's a tough media market. Uh, you're under the shadow of the 
the Giants who won two Super Bowls in the past two decades. Um, and it's, it's, it's just not a good job. Ownership has never been good. GMs have never been good. You know, Rex Ryan did a lot there, um, but it, it's a tough place for a young coach to go. And now with the Chiefs winning their Super Bowl, the Jets are alone in the only teams that has been 50 years in between Super Bowl appearances. You know, there have been teams that have never made it or never won, but the Jets won Super Bowl three. It is Super Bowl 55 this year, and they've never been back. Yeah, well, you, you get those teams, the Browns, the Lions. Remember when the Lions were 0-16, 0-17? Uh, you get those teams, and then you, they get the right coach, they get the right upper office, and it things start to turn around. And the Browns are kind of showing that right now. Um, still to come, we got Seneca Wallace coming up in the second hour. So we'll talk to a little bit of football NFL with them. Obviously ISU went in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, but right now I want to get to NFL linebacker, currently a free agent, uh, most recently with the Jaguars and Colts, but he was with my 2017 world champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he is Najee good. And we're going to get him on the line here in a second put Frenchie to work a little bit. I'm glad we got that D3 and 3 out of the way because he was so focused on his segment that he wasn't really producing like the producer I know he could be. Uh, but we got Najee Good on the line. Um, Najee, what the Eagles did on uh, this past Sunday, did they upset the integrity of the game? You know, we had Coach Joe Judge upset saying that, you know, he messed up the game and we would never bench our players like that. What do you think about the Eagles move and Peterson on this past Sunday? I think that there's a lot that is going on with the entire organization that, you know, they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, I, I mean, to be, you know, very candid, I think that the players know that Doug might have said that there was an opportunity that Nate will play. Yeah. And game time decisions are game time decisions. And it may and, not have come from yeah. Doug, you know, it may from upper office. Yeah, and like you know, you know when 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 you have the season the way it is, um, you know obviously everybody wants to see their team win, and it's not like at no point in time after being in Philadelphia and knowing the coaches, playing for two coaches, and knowing the winning a Super Bowl, no one was playing to be mediocre. Yeah, you can't step out in the football field and be safe, honestly, and play to be mediocre. So the fact that you know, the fact that they put Nate out there, like I know Nate too, and what Kelsey said I think was the most honest response out of any player. He said that, you know, Doug was having uh, Nate take snaps. You know, obviously everybody knows that Jalen's a starter, and he said that he would be, uh, you know, have a chance to play, you know, if the time presented itself, and that's what happened. So the more so fact that it happened, I think, is just a shock factor that it happened. Yeah, I think but, that's what it was as a fan. You know, you want to – you want to, as an Eagles fan, live and breathe it. I want to see him win. And when that move happened, um, obviously I was upset. I was ready, ready to just, you know, get rid of Doug. Say you lost the locker room. It's time to get a new GM, new coach. Uh, but let me play this clip for you from a uh, Giants head coach because I, I want to know: was, was this dude mad? Hold up for a second. You got Frenchie. There's a number of sacrifices been made by all the players and coaches. In this. There's a number of sacrifices that come along as well with the family members, the people connected to them. To disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win, we will never do that as long as I'm the head coach of the New York Giants. He mad or no? 
he, he, he mad at himself or is he mad at the Eagles? Because if he was 12 and 2, 12 and 4, whatever it may be, and he won a division, would he be sitting Daniel Jones or do you think he'd be playing the starters right now? Oh, he'd be hot. I mean, he hot. You know, that, that's <laughs> he, he, he hot. I, that I, that yeah, made yeah. what the Eagles did make me, that made me feel better about what the Eagles did because if I can gift uh, the NFC East championship to anyone, if I can send anyone in our division besides the Eagles to the playoffs, it wouldn't be the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys, you know. Uh, it wouldn't be the Giants, you know. They, they've won enough. I don't like the Giants. It's too close to Philly. Uh, so it would have to be the Washington football team. So that I realized that with Joe Judge's statement. But do you agree with what he said? That did, did they really hurt the integrity of the game? No, not at all, man. I mean, and, and you know, the you know that frustration. That you know, I, I do believe that that's a combination of a lot of things because you know, at the end of the day, when your destiny is not in your own control, uh, you get a you know wallop of emotion. And not not at all, man. He, you know, he 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 wanted to see his team in the in the dance, and uh, that that the sad part about it is, no matter what, unless you truly know what's going on in that locker room, you don't know what's going on. So you can only in him as an actual coach. You know, uh, uh, somebody's involved, somebody that's very much is just in the NFL as Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, and everybody like that, but. You know that comes. I don't think that 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 wasn't a true statement. I mean, yeah, <laughs> at all, just, because you you know you and I both know you've seen players and you've seen games where it's much worse. I mean, this past year, you know, you saw the Jets run an all-out blitz on fourth down. Yeah, come on. And and at the end of the game, so it's like you and know, the, fire the you got stuff like that that happens, and then you got stuff where you see people just literally do the most outrageous things on the football field. So. From the turn of events, man, you know, you know, <laughs> being a, being a former eagle and whatnot, nah, I think that that's just a little bit of anger or a lot of it. The, this man was heated, um, you know. And we're joined here with Najee Good, uh, NFL linebacker, free agent currently, right? Yes, sir. Uh, can you answer this question for me? Speaking of, you know, the locker room and in Philly, where is Carson Wentz? Will he be in Philadelphia? Will he be in Indianapolis? Will he be in Jacksonville? Where Where is Carson Wentz going? Yeah, I, I would like to think that. Man, I, I mean, knowing Carson, man, like the 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 huge thing. I feel bad for him, man, and I say that because the pressure of the media and what you know, what the team has meant to him. I mean, on that Super Bowl team, we wouldn't have got there, and we wouldn't have had a first round by if that dude didn't play the way he played. And then you talk about him coming back the next year, playing another round of of football that he played in December. Um, you know, it, it, it's not like he can't do it. And that's honestly the reason why people are so frustrated because they've seen him do it. And, I and think, they've seen him do it at the highest level very well. And all season, I've been, you know, whether it was fantasy football-wise or just as a fan, as an Eagles fan, I've been thinking every game, like, this has got to be the game where Carson just tears him apart. Like, he can't he can't just not have four games like that, you know? Exactly. What happened? Was it the injury? Was it the you know new family? His mind's off of it. Was it not having a training season? No, no weapons. What what happened to Carson? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a combination of all of that. It's the injuries. It is. I mean, it's hard to play any position in football, but you take the hardest position, and no matter what, people have expectations because he's getting paid the way he's getting paid. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say, oh yeah, you know, give him any breaks because. We don't play that the game of the NFL to get to receive breaks. You know, we, we play balls to the walls, man. And you go out. Yeah, but and I think that you know, 
a combination of all those things, you know, this year's statistics and, you know, this year's, you know, outcome of the game is going to be just an outlier, you know, when you look 10, 15, 20 years down the road because everything is unprecedented this year. I mean, we literally had no fans in the stands. I don't think anybody would have ever thought that, no matter what was going to happen, even if the pandemic did break out. If sports are still playing, I believe that people thought that they were going to be at the game. So yeah, I, I think agree. that, you know, it was a combination of that. You, you mean, players getting sick, guys not, you know, being able to go on training camp. Timing was terrible because, you know, the guys aren't getting the rhythm and the flow. And the game is about rhythm, and it's about the ebbs and flows of the season. And, you know, the fact that it didn't pick up as much, I don't even know how many receivers finished the season that were actually on the roster playing. And you see, obviously, when DJAC came back, even when he was back when Carson had him last year, yep, you know, he, was connect, he was connected with him. So I think that the opportunity there – obviously should be well-deserved. He needs another opportunity. He needs to go back out there. We got a year under our belts when everybody's playing with COVID. So maybe this decision becomes, you know, a hard yes or a hard no, even if the world is still the way it is and we can still play football next year because we have a year of experience underneath this whole thing where we COVID testing every single day and players know what to do. So, I mean, it's an adjustment period, man. And the dude is still young. I think 25, 26. Quarterbacks play. They're, you know, they have just with the coaches past year and Philip Rivers, you know, everybody great granddaddy out there. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I think that they, he, I think he should stay, but where he winds up, I mean, that's, that's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I can I, see him in multiple places. I can see him in Indy because of Frank Wright. What about Miami? Um, I, I mean, Hey man, something, something special about that Fitz magic. So, you know? nah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, I feel you there. I feel you there. I missed that dude. You you had uh two touchdowns in your career. You remember who they were against? So far, so far. Yep, I had um I had a touchdown against the Giants. One of the sweetest touchdowns. Block and then punt, the best right? one I had against New England. The Giants was the block punt? Giants with a block punt and Man. New England with a block punt. And I had a pick six uh, in the preseason of my rookie year. It's funny how you uh never forget those <laughs> those moments, right? Um, it's a guy scoring that shit. I ain't gonna lie. No, excuse me. I ain't know what to do. I didn't know what to do when I got in there. <laughs> you know, like do I do I do I dance? Do I hug my mom? Uh, you attended a, a all boys Catholic school in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, it, what is that like? Is, do you are there girls on campus? Are girls allowed to go to campus? Is it all focused on sports and school? Um, tell me that high school lifestyle, and then jump into college where it was probably you know I'm sure. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> now nah, I, uh, man, honestly, my my high school experience, man. I I'm in a text group with about fifteen, twenty guys from high school. My high school experience was actually, when I think about it and seeing all my peers and everything that they went through, man, it was a blessing. Like I learned lessons and formed relationships with people like the Russo brothers who created all the Marvel directing. Um, you know, guys from out in Hershey, PA, all the way down to Columbus, Ohio State. Like it, it was, it was a great great time i mean it, of course i had the whole stigma going into it you know once i got there about everything but we still had girls on campus we got sister schools um, <laughs> oh, okay you I was know, wondering so what, it, what it prom was like it or, wasn't 100 you know? like every single day but you know it, it's something easy about just being able to get up it was almost like the locker room i was in a locker room okay i feel seven. that i feel you that. know get, get up i leave my clothes in the locker and put them on when i get to school i ain't got to worry about trying to make sure this look right and i ain't trying to please no you know, please any women or anything like that, man. You just so, focus. 
Focus. Yeah, you just focus. focus and it, and it gave us it gave us a natural mystique that, you know, when we stepped out, you know, my brother, I went to school, you know, I had two older brothers and you go to school, you can see a girl and, you know, you can, you see a girl outside of school or whatnot. When you, when we do decide to date or, you know, go on front of mystique, man, of, you know, being a cool cat that, especially, you, I mean, you know, especially being the football star, that, that doesn't hurt. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then you headed off to uh, West Virginia, the college life, uh, OSU, Bama, man, who you got? I like Justin Fields. Okay, I'm, you know, I, know I like. I know you're Cleveland. Fields. I figure you pick Ohio State, but you really you feel like he's got a chance to win this game. I mean, I think that if that dude plays the way he played against Clemson, it's going to be hard to beat him, man. like hands down. Man, I, like you know, I, I obviously the overall talent of Alabama is always a heavy Next load. Level. Like it's always a heavy load. I mean, I'm actually from playing in West Virginia. I got to meet Saban multiple times because you know that's where he's from. Yep. Um, when I was at West Virginia, our head coach was really cool with him. And just kind of seeing their culture, obviously everybody know how they play football. But, I mean, when Ohio State is playing like Ohio State and really their star players like Justin Fields, who's the quarterback taking overall, is playing like, you know, if, you know that quarterback, it, he is going to be hard to beat him. His, his you-know-what dropped in that game. You know, he became a man in that game. You could see it in his face. Like, people were, people were disrespecting him. He felt disrespected when he stepped on that field and he left that field a man. And I respect it, so I, I'm rock, I'm rocking with Ohio State too. I want to see them win, and obviously you always root for the underdog. But uh, something right. about something about feels that people aren't giving him his respect right now. Um, speaking of respect, man, uh, this wide receiver they put out the Hall of Fame noms recently: uh, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Alan Fanica, Jared Allen, um, Reggie Wayne, Rondé Barber. But is is Megatron a first ballot Hall of Famer? You know, no two D backs in front of them, and still not been able to stop they they changed nfl rules because of this guy but he only played eight years is he is he a first first ballot uh hall of famer and instead of reggie wayne right now i don't think he's in front of reggie wayne i think that he is damn near at the same i mean as far as statistic wise i don't know what a specific specific is but i played against him and dude is like he's a freak like he is exactly what you know you know, he was the first. He's Megatron. I mean, he, he got a nickname of a supervillain on the cartoon, you know, Lifetime animation film. Like, so he he is he he is everything that he say he is. I mean, I would say that talent wise, he's beyond the first round Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, just because of the freak that he is and the things that he's done, I would say he's a first round Hall of Fame. But you know, they got away. They judge that based upon statistics and everything like that, impactful, uh, impact to the game-wise, first-round Hall of Fame, you know, first battle Hall of Fame. So there's not too many categories where he falls short of that. It's just going to be about people giving him giving him his respect because, you know, he might not have been on a, such a winning team or whatnot. Najee Good, uh, NFL linebacker, Jordan, join us here on Go Deep, your host, Tyreek. We're going to take a quick break. Najee, stick around. I got a couple more questions. Uh, also coming, no up on, coming up on Go Deep next hour, we got Seneca Wallace joining us. Uh, former NFL running back Tavian Banks and comedian Dante Powell. But we'll be right back with Najee Good. This is Go Deep. Said I'm going to be a legend soon. I'm a legend now. Des Moines Radio Group Station and home of ESPN Radio. This is 1350. Casting on 102.1 FM. Des Moines Sports Leader. 
Go Deep, your host Tyreek, joined here with NFL linebacker Najee Good. Uh, Najee, who you got for the Super Bowl, man? In the Super Bowl, I want to say I like from the AFC, even though I do like the competition with my boys that play in Indy. You know, I, I love, you know, my man, I, I got some real close relationships there, man. And, uh, you know, I see them, you know, playing hard and everything like that. Great defense. Um, I like, like Buffalo. I'm going to have to go with the, you know, what I, you know, what I played, you know, specifically last year, the first game of the season. I still like KC, man. You know, that offense is dynamic from the AFC. They going, you know, I would like Indy in the AFC championship and whoever goes from there. You know, I don't care, but I think I'm going to go with KC from the AFC, and then I want to say from the NFC, man, I definitely got to go with Green Bay. There's something about Green Bay this year You just that is, you know, after dealing with all of that cold, once you get back into the warmth, if they make it down to, to Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl, I think that's going to be really Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Man, he is the NFL, or he's MVP this year, and just the, the year he's had after, you know, first-round draft, not getting any help. Um, drafting possibly his backup. And, and I, I think you just made everyone in the studio, or not me, myself, but Frenchie, my producer, is a uh, Chiefs fan, so he started showing me the uh, Hail Chiefs. <laughs> and then, then Dustin, our uh, engineer, is a uh, Packers fan. So, um, But I'm right there with you. I, I think, I, and I hate to say this for Frenchie, he's going to think I'm just hating, but I think the Bills might stop the Chiefs. You know, they just seem real hot right now, and that defense, when they're when they're good, they're good. Um, but the Packers just look, it looks hard to stop that, stop that offense, man. Yeah, it definitely does. And when you can play ball like that in the wintertime, like they do, I done played there multiple times, man. And it's a different type of cold. Yeah. You know, I won and lost, but it's a different type of cold. I actually played against Seneca Wallace up there in 2013. Oh, okay. yep. It was pretty cool. Yeah. He's joining us in 15 minutes. He's actually a coaching assistant for the Cowboys. Uh, would you ever get into coaching or what, what's next for Najee? Are you, uh, you looking forward to joining the team this off season or are you looking to take the next step somewhere else? Yeah, man, I'm still working out. I'm still available. I, you know, I like to think that and definitely do that. I mean, I, I guarantee I'm still stronger than probably, uh, most of the inside linebackers in the NFL. I will say that confidently. <laughs> you know, I got some weight room records. That's, Not gonna that's be pretty hard to beat. Yep. Um, and you know, I definitely plan a little bit this year, body feels healthier but you know you still got to go with the ebbs and flows so it's really just about the opportunity but right now man i think what's um you know what's pretty cool and what i'm focusing on is a player driven uh tech startup company called vpo um we've been in the nfl for the past three years we've been involved with the e five years and we make all of the digital content for the nfl interactive so whenever somebody sees a picture or a video of any of the players um we take the media and we can take take a picture of a player and drive it directly to a consumer experience. So if you see a video of Trevor Lawrence this year on the Jaguars app, um, you can click on it and buy his jersey. Oh, if you wow. see a My Cleats, My Cause, a player that wants to support a social cause that's dear to their heart, you can click on his shoes and donate to his foundation. So um, Where can we find really it online? Cool. Is, you got a website I mean, for it? Yeah, yeah, we have a website. Yeah, we're full. We're we yeah, we're full uh, running business. What's the website? Um, yeah, we partner with the NFL. And, um, it's been pretty cool to work with Jeffrey Lurie, the owners. I've created some unique relationships. Yeah, it's yeah. a full time job, no doubt. But I got a great team um, when I'm playing in the season. You know, the year we went to the Super Bowl, we had a really great year. The Eagles won a Webby Award for the most interactive social media media 
because we were able to connect all the fans to all of the Instagram accounts of the players, all the Twitter accounts of the sponsors, and sell products direct to the consumer. And um, it's really because uh, the best unique thing about it is, you know, we can account for all of the critical, you know, data that users and brands want to see. And, and, you know, we basically help for a better fan experience with every time you look at the media. You know, everybody want to make sure that, you know, convenience is key. So when they see something, they want to know more about it. Anytime you see our our uh, BPO logo on the technology, on the, on a piece of media, you can click on it and you can interact with it. So, I mean, even if this podcast is out in the future on any type of platform, imagine we talking about something on the podcast and while we're talking about it, you can click on me or click on you and they can take you direct to consumer purchase or whatever we're talking about. Wow, technology is crazy. He is NFL linebacker. Not appreciate you being here, man. Um, hopefully we can check back in with you in a couple of weeks, see how the career is going and see how the tech industry is going for you. Man, that would be awesome. I appreciate you, man. You be safe out there. Hey, you too. Thank you. Yep. This is Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. That was NFL linebacker Najee Good. Uh, still in the market. Still in the market. He recently played with the Colts this year. I believe uh, he was cut from them in October. Still rooting for him, as you heard. Uh, we still got a great show for you, man. Coming up in this uh, second, while is joining us for NFL quarterback for the Seahawks and about four or five other teams, according to Frenchie. Um, we also have Tavian Banks back with the bank on it statement. But first, we got comedian Dante Powell with the big O. Hit it, Frenchie. Oh, of course, uh, Dante hasn't called in. I thought we were ready. I'm ready. I'm looking, giving Frenchie the eyes. I'm like, all right, Frenchie, this is your moment. This is your big O moment. Uh, comedian Dante Powell, he joined us the first two weeks with his segment, the big O, which is the offensive player of the week or the oddball player of the week. Uh, so we'll see which one he chose this week. Um but I appreciate Najee Good joining us. Also, a big shout-out to Matthew Bain joining us in the first hour from the Des Moines Register and the USA Today Network. Uh, but now I believe it's officially time for that Big O segment. Frenchie, are you ready to fire the Big O segment? Let us hear it, man. You work so hard on this. I'm, I'm ready to hear it. Oh, oh, oh. The Big O with comedian Dante Powell. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh my. Was not expecting that. Well done, Frenchie. Joined here with Dante Powell, <laughs> the big O. Dante, what do you think about that production? I absolutely love it. Thank you, Frenchie. That was incredible. <laughs> yep, it takes you back to the office space days, man. Uh, we're <laughs> bringing into your big O, Offensive Player of the Week or Oddball of the Week. But first, I got to talk to you about my that how they finished the season this, this year as, as far as the integrity of NFL goes. Um, I... N- a little bit, but not really. <laughs> yeah, and I'm guessing your uh, big O is not from that game, or it could be Doug Peterson as your your oddball. Uh, Actually, <laughs> uh, to like throw a few out there before I um like before I actually get into it, and like so I I like talking about the ones that didn't make it. So like you got uh-huh. Justin Fields had an amazing game, you know, yes. six touchdowns. Became a man. You had. You had Iowa State, who went out and put Ooh. up 34 points in a ball game. Thank victory. you, sir. That Thank was you. dope. Um, but, yeah, the you kind of accidentally gave out oh, my no. big O of the week. It's oh. actually Nate Sutfeld, who oh. went 5 of 12 for 32 yards mm. and one interception. The oddball. And, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that hurt. I, I'd rather it be Doug Peterson. Don't put it on Nate. Don't put it on Nate. Nate's still at home in the corner shivering right now about what happened this past Sunday. Uh, so. The big old performance this week, I got to get Curry, who went ah. crazy on the Blazers for 62 points on 18 of 31 from the field. 
He went 18 of 19 from the free throw line, 8 for 16 from the three-point line. My man was cooking and went off for his career-high 62 points. I, it was incredible, man. It was absolutely incredible. Let Steph cook. They keep saying that the Warriors are out, man. I like their draft picks. Um, you know, I like some of the trades they made. I think they can sneak into the playoffs and let Steph get hot. Just let him. I I don't know about all that. I do like Wiseman, but I don't I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> the West but, is tough, but that is tough. Oh, that is tough. Yeah. I'm just looking at it. You know, they're holding on to those draft picks right now. 2021 yep. is absolutely loaded. If they stay out of the or stay in the top 20, they don't send that draft pick to Oklahoma City. You get two first rounders in this draft class, combine them with a returning clay, another year for Weissman and Steph still in his prime. Next year could be dangerous for this team. Yeah. It absolutely will be. Yeah. Because I mean then they can get, they can get rid of Wiggins as well because he's I don't I don't like what he brings to that situation. <laughs> I, think I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna shock you this year. I think Wiggins is gonna uh, finally become a male, man like Justin Fields did in season. He's gonna have the opportunity to step up for his team, and that's all he's wanted for you know since Kansas. It feels like. Uh, I gotta I let you go he, here in a couple minutes, but I want to. I want to jump into this real quick. Yeah, Megatron, man, he's up for the Hall of Fame. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes, he yes. is. Hundred percent. I mean, Reggie Wayne is on there. You got you got Peyton Manning. You got. You got uh, Woodson. They're, they definitely are no-brainers. You only can get three more yeah. players in there. Alan Fanica, Jarrett Allen, Rondé Barber, Reggie Wayne. You're putting Megatron in there this year? First? I'm, I'm putting Megatron in above most of them, um, except Peyton and uh, uh, the other guy you mentioned there at the top. But, uh, like, he's just – the numbers for what he did bear out that he's a, a Hall of Famer, like, at minimum – the first ballot thing, I'm kind of like you. Yeah, he played eight years, less than it, less than Barry Sanders. But what what did he do in the eight years? Is kind of my thing, and I, I think he did more than enough to solidify himself being in the hall on the first ballot. Like I, I just do. I I think he he ranks statistically in a place where like he's top five in so many categories. He's a uh, like he's just an incredible talent that we've never seen before. And then if you add that to the fact that, like I said, the numbers aren't all time number one, all time great. I think that's enough. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think people will be yeah. mad, but I think he he needs to go in. I also think Reggie Wayne needs to go in with Peyton Manning. You know, same time we can't put Harrison out there anymore because he's no longer branded with the NFL. But um, That's between you. you and him. Don't yeah, bring yeah, that up. Hey, me. And and Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, real quick before I let you out of here, man. The Saints got this this weekend versus the Bears. Maybe I don't know. Oh, I don't oh, the there's the confidence. I, I was looking. Maybe I don't see the playoffs anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they mean, break my heart every year, man. Come on. <laughs> Th- Thomas is out. I mean, your Pelicans are playing nice. I feel like New- there's a feeling in New Orleans, but that feeling does not want to go to Lambeau. I can tell you that. I now listen. I do have confidence we'd win. We'd beat Green Bay because they beat us in the regular season. But the rest of this stuff, yeah, I, I just don't know. My engineer Justin Dustin here said uh, that's not happening, Holmes. <laughs> he said, "Slow him down, slow him down." Uh, I gotta let you out of here, man. But real quick, yeah. in your most non-funny comedian way, what the hell happened in DC yesterday? Uh, Dwayne Haskins tweeted. Hey, no, no, my God. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins tweeted, and a bunch of people showed up to tell him how wrong he was. Uh, yeah, they're climbing <laughs> into his window, I heard. <laughs> Trying to get John Wall back from Houston. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh my goodness. Uh, and, and I've spent way too much time talking about Dwayne Haskins on this show than I ever want to okay. do again. But, Fine. Ru- but Russell funny. Westbrook. Yes, there we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. Dante, the big O. I love you, news man. Um, I look forward to talking to you next week. We're going to have a lot more time next week. So uh, I appreciate you, man. As Thank always. you, man. Take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I know we gonna make it. We still got a lot of show left, man. I got Tavian Banks bank on his segment coming up on after the break. And of course, in about 20 minutes, I got Seneca Wallace, former NFL quarterback. This is Go Deep. Welcome back to Go Deep with your host Tyreek from Rising Event Center Studios. Uh Dante Powell never fails. Uh the big O segment. Appreciate Dante coming through. Dwayne Haskins sent out a tweet. I asked him what happened in D.C. yesterday, and he completely murdered it. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, also appreciate Dodgy Good, NFL linebacker, joining us in the first hour. And uh, Matt, Matthew Bain from USA Today Network, uh, speaking all things recruiting. It's officially time for that bank on it statement. I'm joined here with uh, Tavian Banks. Did I say it right this time, man? Yes. Oh, I've been practicing in front of you the mirror. Man. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you realize you were, uh, if it wasn't for you hating last week, you would have went three for three on your bets? Right. Nor- Unbelievable. That's that Notre Dame lost in. They were fair, you know, they had a 20, uh, 20 point cushion, and then OSU obviously won. And I, Iowa State, you knew it was going to happen, but you couldn't, know, you couldn't say it. So, I know. Know, Hawkeye but Nation I, respects it. I am happy though for uh, Iowa State. As I mean, great season for them. Yeah. Um, you know, what I mean, the coach doing a phenomenal job for them. So, hopefully, they can keep it up for them. But you know, they would, they probably wouldn't have made that bowl because they would have lost this year to, to Iowa. So. Well, <laughs> that's the one thing he hasn't done, man. And I, I think Matthew Bain from the Des Moines Register and USA Today Network said he, it will happen next year. Iowa State will be Iowa because of our recruits and our team. So, you know, I, I just hope you're at that game so I can see the tear dropping slowly from your eyes. <laughs> uh, without And while we're on college football, without, like, dry snitching at all, explain to me and, you know, some of us who aren't efficient, we know what it is, but maybe not, explain to me what a, a booster is and do they exist in college? And without yes, dry snitching. Yes, yes they exist. <laughs> what, what, what is a booster? Is that just the alumni who hands off money to the players, or is it someone uh, who actually is it, involved it, with the it, university? It can be an alumni. Um, a booster is pretty much like a, somebody that's, that, that, that helps the program and or just a fan of the college or, you know, like the football or basketball or whatever sport they're, they're playing. Are they just they, – they, they, they're just a – um, extension of of the you know it might be the school it just you know like their 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 you know child might have went to the school there or they might have went to the school there or they could just be big fan of the school. Okay, a big fan with big pockets though. Yeah, um, most of the time, yes. A lot of boosters do have big pockets. <laughs> have you ever <laughs> met a booster? Has a booster ever approached you? Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and and yep. a, as a college student, you know, you you may you had the privilege of not living too far from mom, mom's house and not mm-hmm. not living in a, a state, going to college in a state where it's really that expensive to live, to mm-hmm. go about, to have fun as a college student. Yep. Uh, but how how hard is it to say no to those boosters, knowing that it could reflect badly back on the uh, the university, could be sanctions, could um, you know, change oh, it, your, it, your trajectory? I would say, you know, a lot of people, it, it, it is very hard um, to not, uh, I, I would say, accept gifts and or things from, you know, some boosters because uh, they do present themselves <laughs> uh, in, in different ways. And it's very hard for, you know, um, somebody that may have, you know, come into the program or 
that that is coming from from nothing that hasn't had something before and or you know whatever their home life situation might be um so you know and plus you know like a lot of uh college students especially athletes there there you don't really have anything you you don't have money or anything like that and you can't work a job i i i, I don't um, um, unless it's in the summertime or whatever the case. So you don't really have a lot of money or anything like that uh, going around every day. Wow. I mean, it, it's tough, especially a lot of, you know, a lot of kids come from the inner city where yes. money is not, it's hard to find. Yep. Um, yep. And especially when some of that money is enough to send back home to your parents, you know, and yeah. make you feel like, and, and I think the, you know, obviously the boosters take advantage of a, a young mind. Oh, uh, absolutely. these pictures do. in their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you got to know, I mean, these are still young adults. I yep. mean, just 18 to whatever, 21 or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, first, first time away from home, you know, all those type of things are happening at the same time. Yeah. And it's, it, it would be hard for me. I wouldn't turn it down knowing, <laughs> you know, thinking that I would get away with it. You know, those are the two things, you know, when schools, colleges get sanctions, the two top things are usually the, you know, because of the booster, something that the players took uh, or recruiting, whether the coach did something or something happened on a recruiting trip. Uh, yeah. Take me back to what probably seems like decades ago to you. Right. Um, your recruiting trip to the University of Miami, the U. Yeah. Uh, your first time flying that, you might have said first time on a plane, but yep. uh, take me to that day, getting off the plane, meeting up with the team. What is what is a recruiting what, trip like? And uh, uh, well, the, again, you know that was kind of without dry snitching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, again, like for me, it's you know I, I'm a kid from the Midwest. Um, you know, again, the, you know uh, Bentendorf, Iowa. Um, yes, you know, like I played sports and traveled a little bit, like when I you know coming up through AU and stuff like that. But again, I was just you know back then you just still played in like kind of like your region so i was still like in the midwest doing yeah. things so i didn't i still you know i haven't seen that life only, only only thing i've seen before is like on the movies you know like you see miami and things like that so that was the first time you know i saw like the ocean and, and like live and so it, it was a big deal you know like that's the first time i saw like super expensive cars like a lamborghini you know other than like on you know the movie screen and stuff like that so it, it was just like a, a, a big experience for me you know like to see all those type of things happen you know that was, that was uh one of the first trips too i saw like really you know celebrities that you saw like on, on tv all the time you know i, I know, um uh god uh luke you know like uh you know, campbell? Uh, yeah Uncle luke campbell and stuff Did you like meet that him at a strip uh, club? <laughs> yes you know and then uh uh yes i i Actually, yes, you did. did go to a strip club. <laughs> it's Miami, man. I've been. I know how it goes down. I don't think I was in 19 Miami. or 17 when I went. But you know, my my host was uh, Rohan uh, Marley. You know, like uh, oh, wow. you know Bob Marley's son. Yep. You know, oh, and no. um, <laughs> Warren Sapp because I had I had like two hosts or whatever case. So, so you know, Sapp and again, and Bob this Marley's is, you know, son were your hosts at Miami, <laughs> right? Wow. <laughs> but again, like you know, like that was uh, I think Warren he he had to be young young too at the at the time, so he wasn't he wasn't really like the big star yet or whatever case but um you know but it's just again it was you know uh all the stuff again we we they took me out that you know like we went on a yacht boat and stuff like that and you know like just just seeing all those type of things was just just a lot for me like in a sense you know it's great to see it and experience it 
but there, like to me, I was like, there's no way I'm going to graduate and or go to school here. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how like some of them guys do it like at, the, at the schools like that, because it, it's just there's so much other stuff to do and things like that. It's 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 a tough deal. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. Let's uh, let's jump into this bank on it segment real quick. Let's see what uh, Frenchie put together as far as your opening segment. Let me know what you think of it here. Mm-hmm. They may not catch him. Tavian Banks on the second play from scrimmage inside the 20. Forget about it. Touchdown, Iowa. It's time for Bank on It with former Iowa Hawkeye great Tavian Banks. I told him I needed a little bit of work, but, uh, you know, I, I hey. like the opening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like the music. Got the little music in there, Hey, too. cash money, man. It's, hey. it's, it's Bank on It time. Right. Uh, so, like I mentioned last week, you were two for three if it wasn't for your little bit of hate in your blood. Uh, you would have had all three of those with ISU winning. Uh, this week, Alabama versus uh, OSU. Alabama five, favored by eight. Who you got? You know what? I'm, I'm you know, um, I am a, you know, Alabama is a machine. Obviously, they've been Wrong doing man. everything for forever and stuff like that. But I, I'm just going to go with because I'm a Big Ten guy. And Not I feel like, you know, again, the house state's got a chip on their shoulder. They want to, you know, prove that they're supposed to be there and everything else. So I'm, I'm just going to go with Iowa State. And plus, plus I like the, what's what's the guy's name? The Justin Fields, Fields, the quarterback, oh, whatever man. Came. He became a He became a man last week. Hey, Everyone man. is disrespected. You know what I'm saying? He's, yeah. so he, he's trying to prove some stuff right now. So I, I think, uh, you know, I'm just going to go with Ohio State. Okay, I'm with you there. So we got OSU covering the eight-point spread. Yeah. Uh, Bears versus Saints, man. Or, um... Saints favored by ten currently. Uh, I'll go with the Saints. You know, um, I was with the you know Saints way back in the day and stuff like that. So I'm just gonna go with the Saints. I don't know that the Bears are just you know I did, no idea how they leaked into the playoffs <laughs> yeah, anyway. So. You know, like, I feel like uh, the the Washington football team is a better component right? of the playoffs right now than the Bears. But uh, you also just upset a lot of Hawkeye Bear fans right now. So you know, careful next time you walk through Des Moines. All right. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, here's a here's a prop bet that uh, I think you might take kindly to. Um, Fred Taylor was inducted or a nominee for the Hall of Fame. Um, yep. Does he make? Does he get in this year? Is he a Hall um, of Famer? I don't. I don't think he gets in this year. Uh, you know, like it. It might take a while for him to actually get in. Um, he could be. You know, the same type of thing that, you know, uh, Roger Craig is kind of like going through, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, 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 you know, like because uh, uh, I, I just don't I don't I don't think people are, you know, seeing Fred Taylor yet. You know, what I mean, are you know, what I mean, there's so many big names or whatever case that keep coming, you know, uh, available that are going to kind of like push him out, I believe. You know what I mean? Like in a sense. I agree. I mean, they got Peyton Manning in there, yep. Charles Woodson, even Alec, Alan Fanica, um, Reggie Wayne, who I yep. think needs to go in with Peyton oh, yeah. Manning. Absolutely. Um, but another one they got in there who only played eight years, but obviously changed the sport. They made rules about him. Mm-hmm. Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Is, oh, is sure. he a first ballot Hall of Famer? He's on the uh, first Yes. Now. You know, like, again, like those guys are they're transcending. They, they change the game, kind of like, you know, Randy Moss and, and things like that. Like, he, he would definitely be, for me, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. I agree. No one else, nowhere else do you see two line or D backs lining up against the wide receiver unless it's a punt, punt yep. coverage. I mean, he changed the game. He changed the rules as far as touchdowns. Yeah, um, I agree. But that's also going to keep out people, like you said, Fred Taylor. Right. Yeah. Uh, so recap your vote or your uh, bank on it. We got OSU covering the eight point spread. Um, Saints covering the 10 points against the Bears. Ooh, you got a lot of Bears fans mad at you right now. They, <laughs> they, you know, some of these people believe in Mitchell Trubisky here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you got uh, your your own former teammate, 
Fred Taylor not making the Hall of Hall of Fame this year? Yeah, I don't. I just don't. I, again, like I think he's going to be in the same category that that Roger Craig kind of like fell in, you know. Which you know, Roger Craig he should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why why he's like, not. It's just too many names that keep popping up every year, man. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like again, Roger Craig was you know like he too transcended the game. He was he was like you know like scat back type of, in receiver, you know, first thousand to thousand. All that type of stuff. So he definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. He was you before you, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you getting, uh, joining us for this Bank on Statement, man. I look forward to doing this every week. We'll make sure Frenchie kind of tightens up your uh, the change coming after your name. I don't know what that was in that right? segment, but there's something going on there that we'll, yep. we'll touch I like, up. I like the music, though. Keep the music going you on know, that thing, Cash too. money. <laughs> I mean, it's a Bank on it Statement. I got to go with uh, Bill Gates by Lil Wayne on that one. Oh, uh, nice. yeah. Fair enough. Hey, I got uh, Seneca coming on here in about 90 seconds. Anything nice. you want me to ask him? No, tell him I said hello. Uh, we did some projects, you know, uh, some things together and stuff like that. So uh know him, you know, briefly, you know, through, um, you know, stuff that we did and things like that. But, you know, again, he's an Iowa State dude, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not too friendly yeah, all the time. Yeah, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. He's a good dude. Yep, good guy. I'll, I'll tell him you said hello, man. We appreciate yep. you coming through. He all is right. Tavian Banks. I said that right. I've been practicing. <laughs> uh, former Hawkeye, great. Former Iowa State football, you know, or not Iowa State football, but state of Iowa right? football, great. Come on now. <laughs> and former teammate of Fred Taylor, who he yep. claims is not getting in the Hall of Fame. I'm gonna let Fred know when he calls in next week that you say he's not getting in. Nah, yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll text Fred. He, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you. All right, thank you, man. Go deeper. We're gonna take a quick break. Shout out to our sponsors, Central Iowa Vapors and Horizon Event Center, the Horizon Event Center Studio, Seneca Wallace. Seneca Wallace. After the break. There's a number of sacrifices that have been made by all the players and coaches in this league. There's a number of sacrifices that come along as well with the family members and the people connected to them. To disrespect the effort or to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win, we will never do that head coach of the New York Giants. Uh, as an Eagles fan, I was upset Sunday when we lost that game, the way we lost that game, but the moment I heard that soundbite, Ah, smiled again. Uh, we're joined here with Seneca Wallace. Go deep. Seneca, is Joe Judge mad? Is he right? Does he have a reason to be mad? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's evident. I think um, for every fan like yourself that was watching the game and even like ourselves, uh, you know, with me coaching with the Dallas Cowboys, to sit back uh, and watch what went on uh, in the Philly and, and Washington game, you know, love to watch because at the end of the day, you know, even though, uh, neither one of us took care of business, the Giants or the Cowboys, like we should have. Yep. Um, we we could have put ourselves in a position where that game could have came down to some, you know, important business for either one of us. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, it, it looked like uh, Philadelphia for a fan or for myself as a coach watching it that they called the dogs off, and um, you know, and just said and started waving the white flag. So. I think it's evident that everybody was upset. And for those who were rooting for Philadelphia to win, to go out and compete uh, for 60 minutes and give themselves a legitimate chance to win, uh, it just was evident that that wasn't the case. Yeah, and as a, as, a, as a Philadelphia fan, lifelong, born in Philadelphia, born at Temple Hospital, uh, I, was, I was heated when uh, they pulled Jalen. But, you know, getting to think about it, I've, I don't care about the sixth, sixth or ninth pick. Either way, we need a receiver. 
if I had to mm-hmm. gift my division to anyone but my own team, it wouldn't be y'all. Like, I hate for the Cowboys. It wouldn't be the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> right. And New York is just too close to Philly. It's not going to be the Giants. They had two championships in the last two decades. They're not getting it. So the Washington football team, I guess, would be the team that I would do this against just to mm-hmm. see Cowboys, Jerry, uh, everyone else react. And, and, and we got a great soundbite that I'll play probably for the next seven years from Joe Judge <laughs> as a first-year coach. But, you know, in my, in my head, is like you're in a bad division. You had a chance to win this. Don't blame mm-hmm. it on your rival, you know? Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Washington, I believe, deserves to be in the situation they're in. They're a good football team. They play good defensively. Um, you know, offensively, they had their struggles, but, you know, they had some bright spots on offense as well. And so, you know, as an overall team, um, you know, they physically beat us twice. And, you know, they did the same to, to the Giants as well. So, you know, I, I can't sit here and be upset at the fact that the Washington football team is going. But at the end of the day, um, you know, Philadelphia clearly was not uh, in a position that they wanted to compete and actually win that ball game the other night. What did you take away from most uh, being a coach in the NFL, what, what, and especially in a pandemic? What do you think, uh, yeah. you know, you obviously you went in there with, with goals, knowing what the mm-hmm. job uh, required, uh, but what, what shocked you the most or what did you take out of it the most? Well, you know, you did some side of things now, you know, from a player you know, you kind of understand when you're around the game for a long period of time of what goes on uh, within the coaching staff and the different dynamics and the different things that, uh, you know, the coaches might view, especially from takeaways from a bad practice or a good practice or from games for that matter. So, you know, it's uh, it's very unique to be on the other side of it, uh, you know, game planning, getting ready for the week, uh, whoever the opponent may be for that week. And, put together a game plan that can make your ball club successful on Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whenever you're playing. So uh, that was one of the huge pieces. I mean, as far as the dynamic goes from, from COVID, everybody across the league had to deal with struggles and had to deal with, you know, uh, the pandemic of, you know, players and coaches, you know, contracting COVID and having to sit out. Uh, players had to deal, I mean, teams had to deal with injuries just like we did, unfortunately losing our key quarterback for the remainder of the season. So, so it came with its heartache. It came with its ups and downs. But all we had to continue to keep pressing forward. And, you know, on the other side of that, too, I mean, we had to deal with uh, an unfortunate death inside the building, which was very difficult for Crazy. mentally for our players. Yeah, I'm sorry about so, that, by the way. So we had to deal with a whole lot, you know, and, and people ask, well, you know, you know, your season didn't turn out the way, you know, you guys anticipated. But, you know, season – and you feel like your whole your, your team is loaded, and you got your your line is intact, your D line is ready, but you know you're dealing with different philosophies on the other side. New coaches who never even talked to their players face to face until we went to training camp. So it was a lot of different things that the Dallas Cowboys had to deal with that you know maybe some other teams did not have to deal with. But you know we still had to go out there and us as coaches had to put our team in the best position to win. Kellamore turned down the uh, Boise State position, mm-hmm. it seems, to take an extension with the Cowboys, which some might have called his dream job. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he has his reasons for sticking around. I think he will be an NFL head coach um, sooner than later. Uh, but if Iowa State called, said, hey, Matt Campbell just went to San Diego or the L.A. Char- Chargers, uh, we want to extend this opportunity to you. Would, would you take mm-hmm. that? Would it be a dream job for you? <laughs> 
Oh yeah, definitely a dream job. But you know, I'm I'm a realist here. I know I'm not in any position to <laughs> take a head coaching job at this point. When you know, I, this is my first time really diving into the big leagues of coaching. You know, I've been doing high school coaching at a private school, but you know, that's a lot different than you know coaching at the college level and the pros. So. You know, I, of course, I feel like I would be ready to be a coach for that matter, a quarterback coach or something like that. But, you know, to come in and step in and, and, and be a head coach, uh, I would say pressure, I wouldn't bro. be ready for that. That's uh, a lot. Yeah. If you were in Matt Campbell's camp um, and the L.A. Chargers called, mm-hmm. do you would you be interested in that job? Would you would you take that leap or would you uh, you know stay in that comfort zone of Iowa State University? Well, you know, Matt's a smart guy. You know, I think he's been building the program the way he wants to build his program, and and I think he's a very loyal person. And I think, uh, you know, until he gets that program to where he has dedicated himself emotionally and physically and just given up so much of his time, I think, uh, you know, I think he's going to wait until that time comes when he feels like that program, uh, if he decides to leave, is in good hands moving forward. But you know, I think he's still, uh, you know, maturing as a head coach. And, and we all know, you know, the, the league stands for not for long, and that's also for coaches as well. Yeah, you I know, agree. as what have you done for me lately. So you got to win ball games, And, you know, when he has a good situation going, he has our, our team, Iowa State, rolling right now. I mean, we just came off a big Fiesta Bowl Your win. Fiesta so. Bowl champions. Exactly. <laughs> and that was one of our first big wins we've had ever. So in a bowl game. So I think. He's building the program the right way, and, you know, I, I would not, you know, uh, uh, look differently if, if, you know, he wins the Big 12 next year and goes on, wins another huge bowl game win that he decides to move forward. But, you know, he's putting in the work for us at Iowa State, and I think that's a good thing. I'm going to play you this clip from courtesy of ESPN Radio Networks uh, of Matt Campbell after the game, after the win. Uh, and you let mm-hmm. me know what it does for, for the locker room, for the returning players, and for those 17-year-old recruits who are possibly peaking at Iowa State but just weren't sure. So, go ahead, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think really a piece of what this team has done from the beginning of the season to the end of the season is um, is really powerful. You know, at a place like Iowa State where there's a lot of things that have never happened before have just occurred. So, um, you know, I, I, I've always said you measure a team by the whole, and I think the whole occurred is really really special you feel as Brees hall purdy coming back and as that, mm-hmm. that junior or senior in high school knowing that coach campbell is coming to see you in a couple months um you know it's it i think for the first time ever at least in my cyclone fandom it's realistic to think that we could possibly be a playoff team next year how are you looking at matt campbell if you're coming in from high school or returning player i mean first and foremost i mean we definitely are a team that has been proven since he's taken over the ranks as a head coach to be a potential huge powerhouse in the Big 12 and win in the Big 12. And so I think that throughout this season, um, you know, I, I still think, you know, us as a program, you know, we still got that label as Iowa State, and we got to continue to keep proving those, those, uh, those individuals wrong, you know. And so, you know, as a recruit, if I was coming in and heard Coach Campbell say that, you know, I'm, I'm fired up. Because I think the, the the playing field for across the you know college football landscape is becoming to be even. And when I say that, I mean you know we can still we can get guys from California, from Texas, and from down south to go up north and play at Iowa State. 
because one, we have the facilities now. We have we have uh, the stadium. We have the jerseys. We have all the things that this new generation of young kids. You know, I mean, back in the day, it was Oregon. You know, at the cream of the crop that can get all the the, the top standout players on the West Coast because you know their players. You know, they were going to play in throughout the season. They were Nike, and they were going to have all these extravagant things. And now they have the playing field across the board for some of the you know these lower divisional. Uh, D1 schools are now starting to build up their programs and get the facilities and get all the different things that these kids are looking for in a program. It's a blessing. And so for us to continue to keep building our program the way Coach Campbell and knowing that, you know, as a high school kid coming out of high school and I'm looking at a D1 school, that Iowa State has this very successful program. And it, all it does is just kind of catapult us after winning the Fiesta Bowl. Go deep. I'm your host, Tyreek, joined here with uh, former NFL quarterback uh, Seneca Wallace, former Iowa State great and current coaching assistant with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Seneca, when you were drafted in 2003, um, some say your draft uh, pick got hurt a little bit because you were, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak, stubborn, didn't want to play anything other than quarterback. Um, right. Why being a wide receiver? Why did you know you could play your position and play it well at the next level? Well, you know why it's important is because it, I had to stick true to who I was, you know, and in order for me to be um, and look back on my career and my legacy, knowing that I did it the way I wanted to do it, uh, that's all that mattered to me. Yeah, potentially could I have moved up maybe in the draft um, and maybe switched positions or whatever. Who, who knows? But at the end of the day, for all these young black kids who may be undersized or athletic um giving them an opportunity where they can look at themselves in the mirror and say, I could play in the big leagues. I could play in the national football league. It doesn't matter all my size. It doesn't matter the color of my skin or whatever the case may be. If you could play football, it doesn't matter. I think you should be able to get that opportunity to play and whatever level it is. And so, you know, um, I love the way I, I took care of myself going through that process. Um, you know, I just told teams that, you know, I'm a quarterback and that's what I want to do in the National Football League. And, you know, and also it helps, you know, when you got someone like Mike Holmgren who drafted me in Seattle who gave me that opportunity. Yep. You know, he said, you're going to be a quarterback and that's what you're going to do. And not one time was I ever looked at uh, going through the seven years I was there other than a quarterback. If you were coming out this year, who would go first, you or Purdy? <laughs> Well, I, I'm gonna let all the the people, the fans decide, <laughs> but I know where I stand with it. You know, I think Brock is a really good, talented quarterback for sure. But you know, there there were some things, some tangible things that I could bring to the table that uh, he doesn't quite have. But you know, he's a smart, intellectual quarterback. Uh, he's a savvy quarterback. He has the arm strength to do certain things, and so uh, there's just a different knack of of you know, physical talent that I had that he didn't. Breaking news, Seneca Wallace just said Purdy is trash. Um, no, uh, no, 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 <laughs> no I'm I did not say that Brock Purdy was trash. Not at all. Uh, hey, uh, first year Hall of, uh, Hall of, Hall of Fame ballot, um, is Megatron going in on his first year? Eight years, you know, he changed the game, he changed plays, changed the rule book, uh, but he only played eight years, and now he's on for his, you know, with Peyton Manning, with Charles Woodson, with the Alifanica. Um, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer, Megatron? Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to look at his body of work. I mean, at the end of the day, we all, you know, we can't sit there. And that, that's what sometimes is about, you know, some of these different, you know, get or getting inducted into a Hall of Fame or whatever. 
you know, it's like the, the Heisman Trophy. You know, sometimes I don't believe that the Heisman Trophy goes to the best player. It goes to the best player on the best team. Yeah, I agree you know, with that. If you're, you know what I mean? And so there's a lot of other talented players out there that maybe might not get that look. And, you know, it's the same kind of the same dynamic when it comes to getting inducted to all the fame. I mean, are we looking at just people, if he blew it up for five years, but in ranks among the receivers, you know, in the top three or four, and he did it in five years, that doesn't take away from the body of work that he did. It doesn't take away from who he is as a player. So I think Megatron was one of those talented receivers that only comes every blue moon. You know, he was six six, ran a four three. Um, you know, no one could physically cover him one on one, period. And uh, you know, and I had a chance to see it up close and personal. So uh, you know, I'm a little biased when it comes to that. So of course I believe that for what he did uh in the in the short length of time and, and for somebody like Megatron to decide that I'm gonna walk away from this game, that mm-hmm. knows that, that that speaks volume because he knows he's the best to do it at at the position during that time he was in the National Football League. So you know, you got to take that into account. The guy was a tremendous talent uh, at the, the receiver position. Seneca, we're going to take a quick break, but I want to bring you back actually a few more questions and figure out what's uh, mm-hmm. what's next for you. Uh, this is Go Deep. Yeah. Join Wallace. I'm your host, Tariq. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to Go Deep, 1350 ESPN. Shout out to Great Iowa Pet Expo online at greatexpoiowa.com. Uh, shout out to Tessa and Kathy to do great things with the pet expo and the pet world. Um, always a big fan of what they do. This is go deep. I'm your host, Tyreek joined here with former NFL quarterback, current coaching assistant for the Dallas Cowboys, Seneca Wallace, uh, Seneca, you were, you know, quite the basketball star back in your Sacramento days. Um, if football didn't happen, did you think basketball was your next level sport? Man, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I love the game of basketball. I still do. I mean, I think that was a part of, you know, my upbringing. Um, you know, I would hit the game, and, you know, it was just football at the time. Just kind of took me to more places. But, you know, uh, shoot, if I, was, if I wasn't playing football, I mean, definitely I would have had a basketball in my hand, and who knows where that would have took me. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think I made the right decision. I'm not six, six, yeah. seven. Could you, know, you even that, dunk? Could I what? Could you dunk? You got hops? Oh, are you? Am I disrespecting you right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You very are disrespecting. I still think at 40, I might still be able to dunk. Can you still get up there? Keep in mind, I got six hoops at my office here in Des Moines. So, you know, next uh, time you're in town, I I might have to cuss that out. I just got to warm up. You know, I got to get a good ladder in before I get to try to do that. Yeah, no, but I think, uh, you know, basketball was, uh, is always still my love. I, you even though at this time I'm I'm not able to, I got a basketball court in my backyard, uh, and so you know, I do from time to time when the weather's right. So no, I love basketball. But at this point, you're like you say, you're uh, 40. The, your next level of your career, what's it like sitting on the other side of that? You know, it, it can't feel like that yeah. long ago that you, the coaches were yelling at you. Now you're doing the opposite. Right, right. No question. You know, and it, it was a different dynamic because in the role that I try to respect uh, the, the the coaches. You know, I I didn't speak out of you know, out of contact. I didn't only spoke when, you know, I felt like the opportunity was right and presented itself. So, you know, I just kind of sat back and watched and observed and, and kind of took, took notes on, you know, on what things to do and what things not to do as a coach or position coach. And, um, you know, we got a great staff over here and I learned a lot from every individual uh, on our staff. And so, you know, it's a very unique, uh, but exciting 
you know, uh, year this year that, uh, you know, that I spent with the Dallas Cowboys. Man, and, and so much respect for you. I think the, the fact, you know, the love with Iowa State here in this town, this state, um, I think it's more than you just being a black athlete, come to Iowa State, make it out of the state of Iowa into the NFL, uh, having those big games. Having uh, A big part of it is your, your, your intelligence, man. You're a smart dude. Um, you, you give the black community a good look uh, mm-hmm. by what you do. You give back. Um, and I had Najee Good, NFL linebacker, on the show last hour. We we're talking about the next level, the other side of the business, actual businesses. Mm-hmm. And and you've right. been real smart with your investments. Uh, talk about some of the things you're doing in the chicken game, and and, <laughs> and in the uh, the you know hospitality game. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's uh you know as a, as a player, you know we get opportunities and careers when you're playing in National Football League or any high level sport that you're getting. You know you're in the limelight or getting paid, and so. You know, you want to take advantage of those opportunities when you have them. And when your career is done uh, or before your career is done, you start trying to map out different uh, ways that you can, you know, kind of extend your brand, uh, extend your money, make your money work for you. And, and so, you know, I started looking at multiple different levels of opportunities. But one that stuck out to me was obviously franchising. And, you know, um, I started looking for type of restaurants and franchises that were as, I, as you know, you know, when I was back at Iowa State in the early 2000s, we didn't have major franchises there. We yeah. had the mom-and-pop shops, which were very good at the time, but we didn't have the conventional, you know, um, you know, franchises. Yeah, so, stuff you're used to from the coast. Exactly. You know, from being on the West Coast or being here in Texas. So as I started to keep coming back, I started seeing those major franchises make their way to Ames and Des Moines. And so one that I did not see was obviously Wingstop. And I knew uh, the success of, around the brand being here in Texas was started here in 94, 95. So I knew it was a very successful and very, very good brand to be part of. And the food was outstanding. And so, you know, I started mapping that out and seeing what opportunities I had up there in that region. So, you know, it made sense for me because I got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of friends and, and family and individuals that live up there that can help me kind of build this brand out. And so, it just made sense, and and I was lucky enough to know some individuals on the inside with Wingstop that got me the rights there, and so you know now on everything in five counties around Des Moines, I also just now purchased some more territory over, and I hate to say it over in uh, enemy territory, but Uh-oh. over in Iowa City and Uh-oh. Cedar Rapids. Po- poison that meat, yeah. sir. Poison that meat. <laughs> no, I would, not, six I would never do that. Never <laughs> no, do no, that. no, no, never hurt the brand. No, but. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I got the opportunity to expand the brand over there as well. So we'll be opening up a store over there. So, you know, it's just about, you know, expanding the brand. And obviously on the hospitality side, I mean, again, like I said, you know, during your time, it's all about networking and who you meet in your career. And so I met some friends of mine who own G&G Hospitalities, and they asked me about uh, potentially coming on as a partner with the hotel. And uh, that started six years ago. And then, lo and behold, we deliver and we open our hotel, our courtyard, courtyard by Marriott, opened Ames last year. So, you know, it's just been a blessing. Uh, you know, it, it like everything else, it comes with its heartache. It comes with its down, down, you know, uh, uh, difficult times that you got to deal with. But at the same time, you know, that's what creates us and makes us more hungry. You know, we just got to fight through those difficult times and come out stronger on the back end of it. Um, t- obviously, in a pandemic, tough to get into the hospitality business, but beautiful place. My cousin, Kassan, Ronald, actually manager over there so shout out Kassan. Yeah. um mm-hmm. love what you do man he is Seneca wallace coaching assistant for the dallas cowboys former iowa cyclone great cyclones are fiesta bowl champions so congrats to you as well sir 
Um, Thank and, you. and I appreciate you joining us. Hopefully we can get you back on in a couple of weeks and uh, talk about the career a little more and where the coaching is leading Let's to. Let's do it. All right, Let's man. do it, man. Anytime, man. Appreciate you. Happy New Year, brother. All right. All right. Same to you. Seneca Wallace, coaching assistant with the Dow. Try to squeeze in a couple phone calls, 515-244-1350, 515-244-1350. I got about three minutes before Frenchie kills me because we got to get out of this hour. Uh, but shout out to everyone that came through today. Tavian Banks, bank on it. Another, he's getting better and better every week, and he claims he doesn't like sports, but I appreciate him. Uh, oh, Najee Good, NFL linebacker. He's going to join us again in a couple weeks as well. Um, and Matthew Bain with the DeWin Register and USA Today. Um, and then, of course, Seneca Wallace, man. Always a good time talking to him. We'll have him back on the show as well. Always an icon in this state. Uh, hit the hotline real quick, 515-244-1350. Got a few minutes. Uh, first caller, who's on the line, sir? Or ma'am? You there? Uh, we might have lost him. 515-244-1350. This is where Frenchie starts to get nervous. You know, he's got two jobs over there, the phone and the boards. Luckily, we got Dustin in the house. Uh, Seneca talked about coaching and if that opportunity arise, arose for him to come to Iowa State, how good of a look would that be? Even if he was just quarterback's coach um, to kind of get his foot in the door, uh, whether it was with Campbell or the next regime, uh, I would love to see Seneca back on the sidelines. And I think Iowa State as a whole and the state of Iowa would love to hear it too. Uh, 515-244-1350. We got about 60 seconds. We'll try to get a phone call in. I think Frenchie just hung up on someone. Um, shout out Frenchie with the D3 and 3. Um, the segment actually was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I'm glad we got out in the because he's focusing too much on, you know, the on-air time and not the being a producer of the year like I'm trying to mold him to be. Uh, this is Go Deep. I am your host, uh, Tariq. Every Thursday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Next Thursday, I believe we'll have NFL agent Lewis Bing join us again to talk a little uh, college recruits. Trevor Lawrence has officially declared for the draft. Um, it'll be a lot going on, man. That uh, championship bowl game is this Monday. Alabama favored by eight points. Tavian Banks thinks that uh, Ohio State could cover it. I'm not so sure they can, uh, but I'm excited to see a, a good game, and I'm, I'm rooting for the underdog as usual. Plus, you got the Bears taking on the Saints. I'm surprised we haven't had any Bears fans call in, uh, but we'll check in with them next week and make sure they're okay after possibly a thrashing. Uh, 515-244-1350. Sneak in one last call. Um, I see the phone lines ringing. I think Frenchie's just hanging up on people. I think Frenchie just wants to get back to vacation. Uh, he just got back from Florida, so he's he's not ready for work officially. So I'm going to let him get out of here. 515-1350. I'll hopefully check in with you guys next week. This is Go Deep. I am your host, Tyreek. Uh, French, you got one last call for me before we get out of here? 20 second call. Yeah. Hey, you're online, sir. What's your name? My name's Eric. Eric? What do you want to talk about, yeah. Eric? We got about 60 seconds. The Minnesota Vikings. Ah, skull. So let me ask you a question real quick. Is it time to get rid of Zimmer, man? I mean, he'll, get, he'll grab a job quick as a D coordinator, some head coach, but who's to blame for this year? I think it's, I don't, it's not the coach. It's not the coach. The you can't blame Cousins line. anymore. Okay, the O line. Yeah, offensive line. If we had, if we need, I think in the draft we need to go get offensive line players, and we need to keep defensive players back. And you need From a quarterback, injury. man. Who's the answer at quarterback? Is Cousins it? Um, I think we'll probably use Cousins for next year, but I think we need to go in the draft the quarterback from Ohio State. Oh, good, good luck with that, man. That you know, you want him. Uh, but in your division, Aaron Rodgers might stick around your division. You know, the, the Lions can only get better. The Bears are going to get a new quarterback. So Vikings, you got yeah. very limited time. Uh, where are you calling from? 
Good morning. Good morning. All right, man. I appreciate yeah. the call in. I appreciate you listening. Check back in. Calling in with us next week. We'll take phone calls the last 10 minutes of each hour. So next Thursday, 9.50 or 10.50. Check in with me. All right.